0: Right, so as I said in the intro here, this is the New Orleans Superdome. It was opened in 1975. At the time, it cost 139 million dollars to build. Inflated to uh, 2019 standards, 637 million dollars. That's just an incredible amount of money for a venue of that size, and this still is one of the biggest floors that monster trucks compete on all year round. It's hosted the New Orleans Saints football franchise since 1975, as well as the Sugar Bowl, and the New Orleans Jazz played there from 75 to 79 before they went off to Utah, and uh, Carl Malone made them into something. But anyway, we're here to talk about Monster Trucks, and with me today is Nick Davis, Back Channel Productions on YouTube, as well as uh, one of the guys that's producing some really awesome DVDs here lately, as well as... Uh, We've got the King Kong DVD, Jeff Dane's King Kong Trucks, have you a show on wheels? You've also got, I believe, a Thunder Nationals DVD in the works, as well as Seth Dalton's DVD?
1: Uh, the Thunder Nationals thing is going to be YouTube only, because we can't technically monetize it. Okay. But uh, that's just a passion project. But, yeah, I'm trying to get that back and going again. The COVID crisis kind of killed that project <laughs> for a little
0: yeah, it's unfortunate. By the way, if anybody out there is dealing with that, I wish you guys the best in the world. It's a, it's something I really hope nobody has to go through.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, That one was a, that was a bummer to put that one underwater like that because I, <laughs> that that project kind of required the trips we were doing to shows, and when the shows shut down, I had really no monetary way to travel around the country and get those interviews, so it kind of shut everything down.
0: I hear you. Uh, Hopefully we can get back to that as soon as possible, because that project interests me immediately. As soon as I heard you were doing it, I
1: was like, oh, I can't wait to see that. (laughs) Uh, uh, Marty Garza, Scott Hess, and Jerry Richmond have been really, really instrumental in keeping that moving.
0: It's awesome to hear. Those guys are some of the coolest guys in the industry. Uh, Let's get into the return of the monster trucks, though. As I said in the intro, January 11th, 1986, Uh, We open the show, we've got our broadcasters here. We've got Jan Gabriel as lead, Claude Atkins as the co-host, Steve Evans as your pit reporter, and then we've got Cindy Wilcox doing all the special features. And they go right into it. They they drive a Corvette straight under Bigfoot 4 wearing the 10-foot tall tires on it, which is just an awesome intro for Monster Trucks. They come through, they start talking about the event. Uh, They introduce Claude Atkins as somebody that is a uh, Hollywood star, has done a few movies, uh, let me look here. I put down towards the bottom my notes here about some of the tra- some of the stuff that he was in. I'm pausing because I can't
1: find it. <laughs> I actually saw them. I actually grew up a lot at my great grandmother's. I've seen that "Murder She Wrote" episode. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember it, but I, I remember seeing him. Okay, he's got 233
0: film credits to his name. That is ungodly to think of, Boundaries, but... Known for roles in Rio Bravo in 1959, Inherit the Wind in 1960, Battle for the Planet of the Apes, 1973, and The Killers in 64, TV roles, Murder, She Wrote, as you just said, The Love Boat in 83 and 84, uh, I never, I didn't personally recognize the guy, but... You've seen him uh, on the Murder She Road episode. I'm pretty sure my mom somewhere has Murder She Road. She's got that whole series recorded on VHS. I'm pretty sure he's on one of those VHSs somewhere. That's,
1: that's probably what got me through that episode because I didn't really watch that show and I liked Monster Trucks and recognized him, so I probably sat down and watched it.
0: Yeah, you probably sat down and were like, hey, I know that guy.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, let's get into the truck lineup here as far as a national event goes this is some quality quality trucks that we have here led off by bigfoot number no. four with jim kramer behind the wheel usa1 everett jasmer monster vet with cliff starboard frankenstein is listed to have barry winch driving but there are a few times in this video i'm pretty sure i can see cliff starboard behind the wheel of this truck so it looks like he's driving both of those trucks Then we've got Brett Engelman with the Ice Monster, Awesome Kong 2, Jeff Dane, Blue Thunder Camaro with Kirk Dabney, and the world's only rolling van, Rolling Thunder, Jim Oldacre. Got some vehicle notes here of all of these trucks, and uh, I don't know if you might know a little more than me. I've got notes here of everything I found off of Dennis Taft's Taft's website, Monster Truck Photo Album. Great website to go to, just don't right-click. Rolling Thunder 72 Dodge 300 Tradesman's Van, 671 cubic inch Detroit Diesel. Original frame mounted to a a 2.5 ton water truck frame with leaf springs. From a a water truck frame, it has 16 Rough Country shocks. Truck also featured a color TV inside of it. Stood 12 feet tall, 12 feet 6 inches wide, 20 feet long, 18,000 pounds. That is just... It's a lot of car crushing right there, 18,000 pounds. Then we got USA One, 540 cubic inch Chevrolet can am motor, 1,000 horsepower listed, custom made leaf springs with 16, inch, or 16 rancho shocks all the way around, full tilt body, a worn wrench, 12,000 pounds, significantly lighter, 11 feet tall, 11 feet wide.
1: got yeah, nothing to add to either of those those I was reading through your notes a little bit and all I I I'm i I'm those two trucks I I don't have a ton of information on I just know USA 1 was neat to me for years even into its second generation cuz Everett kept all his trucks so stock
0: Oh yeah stock appearing trucks but they performed extremely well this truck uh, this is the uh, I believe this is the original truck just repainted to the white and pearl yeah that's running in this event and uh, as you can see on the sled pull portion of this, there's, there's no contest with, in, in his race, at that first portion of his race. But uh, going down through here, Bigfoot number four, probably the most legendary leaf sprung monster truck of all time. This thing has went through so many changes, but in this iteration, it's a 1984 Ford, 540 cubic inch Ford motor, 10 feet tall, six, 10 feet, 6 inches tall, 11 feet, 4 inches wide, 12,000 pounds, the same as USA1. This truck is considered to be the first race truck in Bigfoot's fleet. It has received the most updates, as I just said, of any leaf-sprung monster truck from back in the day and will be considered, to many, the first Stage 2 monster truck.
1: Yeah, that, one, that one was neat, too, because you had... that. It wasn't the first straight rail frame truck, but that truck, they took everything that they had done right and what they had seen other people do right and put it into that truck, and it was like... Uh, like, you couldn't kill that, obviously, because they pretty well destroyed it, everyone thought, in Nashville in 90, and it, it's still alive. That truck cannot be destroyed. It cannot be killed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, and it it's really, it's amazing to look back at that truck specifically and see it. Uh, it, it wasn't ever run easy. It always kind of had a hard life and uh, even in this as, it, as I, I think you'll get to uh, it, it, this truck ends up being run pretty hard at this event mm-hmm.
0: uh, this truck is also being rebuilt by a few friends of mine Lonnie and Jason Childress are currently rebuilding it they have the whole hashtag going on with Fred Reep from J Concepts with the uh, make four, make Bigfoot 4 great again hashtag that they've been promoting and every every time I see a little update on this I'm like oh it's getting closer it's getting closer I just hope that they can rebuild that to its former glory. Uh, as we roll down the list here, though, we've got Monster Vet, 1984 Chevrolet Corvette, 454 cubic inch Chevrolet motor, 400 horsepower. That number is significantly less than some of the trucks in this field, but this truck performs. Nine feet tall, 12,000 pounds, supposedly could reach top speeds of 65 miles per hour. I, I got to call a little BS on that. I don't think it could go 65 miles per hour at only 400 horsepower with those tires. Maybe on travel. (laughs) Maybe on travel tires, but I don't see it on 66s. That would be a a scary ride. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Speaking of scary rides, Frankenstein, 1954 Ford F100, 302 cubic inch GMC six-cylinder, only six-cylinder in the field, 11 feet tall, 13.4 inches wide, weighing in at 12,000 pounds as well. The width on this truck is insane. As you can see in some of the, the clips of it head-on, it actually almost takes up the its entire pulling lane. That's how wide it is. It's almost running tire-to-tire tire so with Bigfoot.
1: They um, they do mention I caught it, and I'm not sure how accurate it is because I've also been told that this person talking is not Barry Wentz. Um, I've been told he's not actually the one they interviewed that was a different guy. <laughs> But they put Barry Wentz under it. But I caught in here, he says that they had just recently swapped the six-cylinder for a V8, but the truck doesn't seem to perform as such. It seems very, very sluggish in this video. last thing that you heard uh i uh you did the stats on frankenstein i i spoke and i'm not sure how much was there and then i stopped hearing you.
0: right after you got done talking i went in straight into ice monster
1: okay i don't i don't uh i don't have video anymore for some reason but i don't you're not using that right Yeah,
0: that's fine i don't need that
1: okay okay works for me (laughs) all right
0: Anyway, Michigan Ice Monster, 1978 Chevrolet Long Bed.
1: Now, let me try to eat through the the phone speaker here. (laughs) All right. I don't know what's going on. I'll just put you to my ear then. Um, Can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. Okay. I lost you in the middle of that sentence for some reason.
0: All right. Uh, I'll just go ahead and start over.
1: Sorry about that. It's
0: all right. Up next, we got the Michigan Ice Monster 1978 Chevrolet Long Bed, 1971 F- Chevrolet 454 cubic inch motor, 600 horsepower. This truck stood out to me as a kid, though, man. The monster on the side, the iconic looking paint scheme, something that they brought back years later in one of the last Pontiac Silverdome shows. Uh, I believe Chris Ryan drove it. Just an overall awesome piece, and you know, kids had to root for it.
1: And. Tim Tim Bush still has the uh, rights to this name, by the way, so that it could make a comeback one day. Um, but that uh, Brett, b- way beyond this event, Brett ran that truck really, really hard through the early part of '87 uh, as part of uh, the Thunder Nationals tour. But this was a really this this event was a big boost to him, I think, to to get bookings uh, throughout the uh coming rest of the 80s there and then move on to heartbeat and really i think he was one of the harder drivers from the the early days of monster trucks
0: oh yeah he definitely was uh jim's a quick jump to heartbeat i still remember the minneapolis show and i believe it was 88 where they they literally said heartbeat was built straight to beat bigfoot that was the only reason he built it, and he drove the ever-loving you know what out of that truck every time I saw it on TV. It's one of the first trucks I ever saw roll over.
1: Yeah, it um, it was tall and skinny, and pieces of pieces of ice monster were in it, mm-hmm. and <laughs> it uh, it. I mean, it's still around. Technically, it's it's overseas, I believe, is uh, uh, grizzly or something now. But um, he. Uh, he that truck, and then his crew guy Joe actually bought the whole thing from him, and Joe drove just as hard. And that truck that truck ran hard way past its heyday and was still competitive, like, beyond the leafer years of monster trucks.
0: Oh, yeah. You see that even today with some trucks out there. I know uh, Preston Perez, I saw him on tour last year in Monster Jam. Uh, that truck was built in, like, 2002 and was on a 2020 circuit. That tells you how mm-hmm. the l- longevity can last in this sport. Excuse me, sorry. Uh, Next up, Awesome Kong 2, truck you probably know a lot more about than me. 1984 F-150 step side, 1,710 cubic inch motor, Allison V-12 aircraft engine. They claimed it had 3,000 horsepower. This is also the only truck in the field with 73 inch tires, featured a tilt hood and bed at 18,000 pounds. Yeah,
1: this truck... this was one of the shorter looks it had, or the, one of the shorter lights it had was on these tires because it was immediately, out. about the time it became competitive, it was obsolete mm-hmm. just because it's such an oddball truck. And then, of course, it got, now, depending on who you talk to, the, there, some people say there's a second Allison truck. There wasn't. This truck was cut and lowered and uh, stretched a bit. Went to 66s, then got the Chevy engine put in the back of it, and then what was left of it became Skinny Kong after the rollover that it had in '88 in Avila, and then uh, it ran as Skinny Kong until Jeff cut it up, uh, and he cut it up around like he started getting cut up right before they actually crashed King Kong 3 in Myrtle Beach. So it ran. This truck existed for you know from its birth until mid 1990, and it got chopped up but it ran from this version until it was skinny kong and what's interesting is as sluggish as this truck seems I have seen video of him long jumping it in like 1987 Really? in in a small arena standing start not a long run at the cars and he actually got some pretty decent air with it for the truck it wasn't amazing air but for that truck it was pretty incredible to see it
0: oh yeah I can imagine I mean when, when you watch this truck in this event, it seems like its only weakness is the crush cars. Everything else, it just plows straight through. But as soon as it gets to the crush cars, that's when everything kind
1: of slows down for Awesome Kong. It's, it's a pretty gigantic piece of equipment. It, it's, it's, it's a very bizarre, like, it's it's one of my favorite trucks to look at because it's such a bizarre looking truck. It's a beautiful truck, but it's very strange uh, compared to, like, Bigfoot Four to me makes sense. It's a very, you know, utilitarian truck, and it was built to be brutalized. Yes. You know, this truck is a brute, but it's just a totally different thing. Than, it's than, almost say, like
0: it's almost like they had the idea to build a show truck and then turn it into a race truck.
1: Yeah, and it's it's got a weird. It's it's very. Um, I think part of it is the the axles that they use. The outer the outer corners are they're so it's it's so heavy equipment looking with such a beautiful appearance to it. It's it's just a very strange looking truck, but in a in a nice way. But uh, yeah, it's it had so much low end to it that he could stand it. And there's famously he did put it on the, the back end and and keep it there one time. Almost rolled it over, but uh-huh. that truck just had so much power getting to the ground but it just it never seemed like it could get up and get moving like i said i have seen video of it doing that but it it definitely was not it wasn't unfortunately long for the world of, of monster truck racing but it is great that it got its opportunity in, in this early event because it, it it's it's uh, definitely was a a, a goer when, it, when he wanted to put the foot to it it would it would get up and go
0: oh yeah no doubt about it uh last truck in the lineup though we got blue thunder 1968 Camaro SS, 440 cubic inch Chrysler motor, 700 horsepower, and what made this truck unique was that it was driven by a Tiller joystick from a Huey 30 helicopter. The joystick actually controlled both front and rear steering, the tilt front clip, the engine kill and ignition switch, as well as the nitrous oxide system. That's a lot of buttons for one thumb.
1: (laughs) It's uh, early uh, rigs of rods. there. (laughs)
0: Oh, I know a thing or two about that as well as the beam and and all that stuff nowadays, but heck that was long before this. I think
1: My goodness,
0: <laughs> long before this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is uh MTM two. I'm sorry. This is no, this is, um, uh, that truck is neat. That's another one too, that it, in this, if you watch all of these trucks, kind of, <clears throat> there's video of them later and some of it's popped up on YouTube. Um, where you'll see kind of all of these trucks in get up and go at some point. And this, they, they all have a sluggishness to them cause this is still so early on in really pushing these trucks. That blue thunder truck of course was repainted and renamed uh thunder beast, uh-huh. but that, that's another one that kind of like awesome Kong. And it, it also went to the, the 73s at one point in its life and, but it, it could still get up and, and fly over cars and it was also one of the... I think it's the earliest four-link truck, technically. It was also... It was airbag suspension with the four-links underneath of it. So it's... I believe in this field, it's the only four-link truck in the field.
0: little uh, history of it. A truck, a, truck, a truck that is not in this event is Gravedigger. But I can distinctly remember seeing Blue Thunder with a certain set of gold-rimmed, heavy Firestone tires underneath of it that eventually went to a certain 51 Ford out of North Carolina. Yeah, the... the, the
1: you'll get... Three, four different stories on that, <laughs> that <laughs> happened, but yeah, Dennis worked for, uh, as the shop guy for those, the Dabney brothers mm-hmm. and they weren't, the story I got as best I can tell it is they weren't there and he needed some tires to go to a car crash. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dennis is figure. like, I'll just borrow those for a little while. hope you don't mind. And they fit his truck actually, I think better. They, they looked better with the green and black on his truck than I actually thought they did on Blue Thunder, but they were Rocky Veracola's tire, uh, tires and rims originally, underneath of uh, Quadzilla. Okay, I did not know that.
0: But alright, now uh, we've, we've actually come now to the start of the event here. Uh, our broadcasters are going to tell us that it was a little over a year ago that the Battle of the Monster Trucks VHS was released. Return of the Monster Trucks is the second in a trilogy, and we would later get War of the Monster Trucks, which we'll talk about here in a little while. Uh, Jen, Gabriel, and Claude Aikens introduced themselves. Uh, I already went over this. Never mind. Skip that part. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My note about Claude. Where was I? A review from Claude Aikens reminds us that the battle of the monster trucks, we saw a bunch of specialty vehicles. We saw pulling wheelie trucks, funny cars. In return of the monster trucks, we're strictly on monster trucks. This is going to be an 8 truck bracket of the top trucks, what they considered at the time top trucks in the country, competing as well as other monster trucks from across the United States been is sanctioned by the United States Hot Rod Association, which would later go on to become Monster Jam, and is still Monster Jam to this day. If anybody out there doesn't know that, we get. Yeah, uh, the, oh, go, ahead. I'll go
1: ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's the, what's neat about this too is if you look back at the list of buildings that they kind of opened indoor motorsports in because yeah, that was USHRA's brand mm-hmm. was indoor motorsports. And, uh, you know, you had the Silver Dome, you had the Astrodome, which they shared with TNT. Uh, I think the Silver Dome they shared with NTPA, I believe, I may be mixing that up, but I believe they shared with the, an event for NTPA in the early years. Uh, and they would bring, you know, two, three shows a year to some of these venues. Mm-hmm. New Orleans is, I think you mentioned this already, is like New Orleans is the only one of their early. Uh, major stadiums of their domes or football stadiums that they they still run in, and I don't, I don't I'm not sure about Anaheim. I'm, I'm not sure if they switched facilities there, but New Orleans has a very special place, still being part of the Monster Jam uh, series to this day. It's it's pretty amazing that that floor is still being run on
0: yeah i agree 100 as part of it is that building went through a lot of renovations over the years too to remain current and the football team is extremely happy there from what i gather that didn't happen in st louis which is an area that i'm around so we all know what happened there but uh (laughs) (laughs) i've always liked the superdome and it's astonishing to me and i'm going to get on a little bit of a rant here but it's astonishing to me that they don't promote that event as one of the big historic events all season long it's kind of like they did it to Atlanta a few years ago when they had it live on a uh, speed channel. Right. I don't understand why they don't put so much focus into the Superdome because it's one of those iconic venues that is still being ran in. It was built close to the same time if I remember right to the Astrodome.
1: Yeah, it's one of the early ones because I think uh, the, if I remember correctly the Astrodome was the first Yeah, the Astrodome dome. was the
0: first major big stadium.
1: And then you have the Superdome and they're they're Close in proximity, if you look at the entire United States, those two buildings are not really that far apart mm-hmm. f- physically. Uh, as far as being on the road, they're not. That, that's not as long a drive as, say, from, you know, Houston to, you know, the Metrodome. But you know, the Metrodome was another one that they did a lot in early, and it it succumbed to the same pressures of of uh, you know municipal (laughs) request and football you know the necessity of the the capacity and the football team and all that but Mm -hmm. the 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 like you said I agree with you on that is the 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 Superdome it is kind of bizarre that it gets kind of the same treatment as the rest of those buildings because it really is something different to have that building even though the floors have been stripped at times or the seats have been replaced you know it's it's still that building it's still the the property it's still the the hallowed ground that it is it seems that it really should be given you know at least once every five years maybe if not every year uh, uh, some sort of recognition for for what it really is
0: exactly i agree 100 percent. and sadly i don't think that's going to happen I wish it would. I wish it would get like the same treatment, say uh, Atlanta got whenever Atlanta kind of went to the wayside and they had to build a new stadium over there. They gave pieces of Gravedigger to the the former building owners and stuff. There's pieces of that truck inside the new building, if I remember correctly, where they've got a little shrine to the old Georgia Dome in there. But anyway, let's get into round one racing here. Uh, First truck on the track Jim Oldacre, Rolling Thunder. Uh, they, they say a little story here that kind of makes me chuckle. So he had a hundred thousand miles on the stock version of this vehicle and just didn't have the heart to junk it. (laughs) So what does he do? He throws 66 inch (laughs) tires on it and says, I'm going to go monster truck racing. He monster sizes it and he's going to end up taking on, uh, the guy that we were just talking about a little bit ago, Brent Engelman, uh, in Michigan ice monster. And this is the first national monster truck race ever, ever had right here inside this, uh, Superdome venue. And the track is a combination, really, of all of the exhibition events that Monster Trucks had been doing up to this point. So they would start off with a sled pull. The outside sled lane would then cut to the uh, inside of the track. And then the inside sled lane would cut to the outside, where they would be met by a hill, a set of, I believe, six cars, and then a mud pit and two more cars. And then when the rear tires hit the ground, that was the finish. So as they take off down this track yeah. it's pretty evident that you can see that both of these trucks are not going to be very good on the sled pull.
1: Yeah, the 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 interesting thing here too with the way these lanes are set up and I think I think you noted this is that the as even I can see where they tried to make the lanes even they don't become even.
0: No, um, they don't become even at all.
1: There's actually – there is a hazard for both, too. If you are inside and you get to that corner late, you have to wait for the, the outside to make their way around you. If you're in the outside and you get to the corner late, you have to wait for the other truck to make its way to its hill. And the they don't appear to geometrically line up to their hill in any significant way that would equalize them.
0: Yeah, and and you got to think, too, with a monster truck trying to make a corner like that. I mean, even with the hill being as tall as it is, it had to be very difficult to see where to point your front tires to get up that hill. And there are some instances here where you can see guys kind of a little off to the left or a little off to the right. Six inches the wrong way, and we've got a disaster on our hands with some of these classic trucks. Thankfully, that didn't happen, but...
1: Then you've got Brett looking through an uh, icicle windshield.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's got this all this paint coming down. And you're like, how in the heck can he even see, let alone win the first round against Rolling Thunder here? Brett Engelman goes on to take the win. Uh, but what we really noticed here in this first race is how far off to the side of uh, the cars Rolling Thunder gets. And that creates a problem for the rest of this event. Rolling Thunder goes off to the side, has to kind of stop, I can't remember. Does he back up a little bit or is he just kind of slowly roll across the cars?
1: It looks like they it, it appeared to me that he sort of, I've got it here in front of me. It looks like he kind of reverses. You don't see it. And I'm not sure how they cut this for time. Uh-huh. So I'm not, you know, uh, but they, it, I'm, it looks like he reverses a little bit to at least stay on course. So he doesn't have to completely leave the cars. And you know, the, the, the the lack of suspension in these trucks, you could only tilt them so far. I mean, exactly. You're, you're going to start wearing the, uh, the the limits of uh, of what the tires will allow you to do. Exactly. And, I mean, when he
0: slips off the cars, like I said, it creates a problem for the rest of the event. As he finally gets straight and goes across the cars to come down to run towards the finish line, Brett Engelman's already pulling to the pits and getting a sandwich. This event, right. that race is over with right as soon as they get to the cars, sucks for jim oldacre and rolling thunder but in all honesty this was a battle of two trucks that really caught your eye one's bright orange has a giant lightning bolt on the side of it the other one's got a giant monster on the side of it and it's painted light blue and it looks like it just came through a snowstorm i mean this could have been the start of what would eventually become the 3d monster truck craze as far as i'm concerned anyway kids just had to flock to these two trucks
1: yeah, they they are, and real quick, I just, I ran it back to look. He does actually, he reverses, crabs his way back onto the cars and does complete the stack, but he has destroyed the trunk area of the two cars where he slid off, so now there's a slant there.
0: Mm-hmm. And that creates a little bit of a problem for a heavy favorite in this next race. Blue Thunder, Kirk Dabney, Awesome Kong 2, and Jeff Dane racing here. Kong is the heavy favorite, obviously, in this uh, the interesting thing here, though, is Blue Thunder is controlled by that stick, and also has nitrous oxide. So when they take off, it's it's obvious here that Awesome Kong 2 is going to kill him on the pulling sled track. Kong's got the lead. They come around the corner, and uh, you can hear. Or excuse me, sorry. I got to start that over. My bad.
1: No
0: Blue Thunder will now take on Awesome Kong, 2. Kong, obviously the heavy favorite here to win this entire event. Interview with Jeff Dane airs, and he talks about how important it is for him to win here. Reputations are at stake. He explains that he's going to give it all she's got to win this race. Then Blue Thunder is shown, and we get an interview with Kirk Dadney. Kirk talks about how the steering of the truck is different than anything on the track today. He goes back in talking about how uh, all of those different things are controlled by that Huey's joystick we get five major fun- functions controlled on that truck by that joystick and that's just incredible to think about how 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 that had to have t- how long that had to have taken to wire up just to that stick just to get those buttons to control everything
1: Yeah that that truck too it, it, it's it's actually it's funny here too because it's it's at a weight disadvantage to Konga the I think Kong being heavier actually in this case helped it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, even going into that set of cars that I think you'll get to, it, it, the joystick, the power that you have in Kong because it's all low end, and then you have this lighter weight Camaro, and not that not that it was light, it was still a beast. But you're you're it, it having the weight and the torque to pull the sled down to put you that much of an advantage. Plus unhooking and then you know, Kirk's got the disadvantage on the sled. He's got that inside lane, so he's got to go wide. And as far as getting up on the cars and smashing them down, Jeff is actually at an advantage because that truck will take more of the, it'll take more of the, the side of the car down as it goes than Kirk. And you, you I think that does just, uh, show as they hit the, when we get to that part of the run, uh, I think that actually shows itself.
0: Yeah, it does. Dane obviously unhooks first from the sled, uh, and he has to turn to the inside lane and does a huge wheel stand for the time. I mean, this truck's flying the front tires over this hill. Over over that hill, lands, comes down towards the cars. At this point, he's got a huge lead, but uh, what I talked about earlier, where Rolling Thunder kind of destroys the cars, it hampers Kong here a little bit, and this gives uh, Kirk a big chance to come back on him. And this is probably the first photo finish in monster truck racing history because Dabney scoots right across the top of those cars as Kong is kind of crawling over them slowly to get off of them. They get to the mud pit, and they're virtually even. Dabney maybe pulls ahead by a half a tire as he comes out of the pit. They have to cut away really quick, and you can see that Awesome Kong 2 is declared the winner. Upon slowing this down and slowing this down, I watched this probably five or six times, I agree with the call for Awesome Kong 2 to win the race. I don't understand the cut right there. And this, Nick, has been something that people have talked about and discussed for however long, how long ago was this, 86? So almost 35 years at this point people have talked about this race and debated. There was even a debate that I, I didn't even know until I started getting into this, I thought there was a complete second event held the next day in the Pontiac Silver... Right. Or the, the, I'm Hulk Hogan here.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Superdome. I thought there was a complete separate event held because earlier we had mentioned there was a third VHS here, the War of the Monster Trucks, and there is a clip of Blue Thunder with completely muddy, muddy tires running over cars, and you can see Dabney pointing to the truck, or the tow truck that's on the track.
1: Right, and it's it's interesting, too... Uh, yeah, the cut was always strange to me there because it's not something they seem to do at all throughout the video. But even even if there's a tie there, if they're going to call the close race, the, then if if you're broadcasting this and you have to make a, a fix in studio, you just kind of say that it was a close race, but the, the, like the judges made the decision, which I, we've I, we've seen in the future broadcast. They would, you know, of course there was you know the shameless monster wars. <laughs> with edited events, but you know, this is, the cut has always been very strange to me too. And then finding out recently as you did that there was not a second event made that, I I understand the rerun since they were eye judging or eyeballing it at the time. But yeah, it's, the cut is always very strange to me too. (laughs) Yeah, the cut is strange. And before they
0: cut though, I am almost a hundred percent certain that it looks like Kong's rear tires are going to hit the ground first. But again, the yeah. cut the cut makes it look like there's some sort of controversy there that you never really get resolved.
1: Yeah, it's it's a very it's a strange part, and then also uh, it's funny. I keep going back to these cars. I actually I'm I went through the fourth car in that lineup. The fourth car is actually shorter. I'm I'm looking at it now as Kong goes over it. It goes one that does the famous bright blue car in the lineup. The fourth car is a little brown car right after. It has really no trunk to it. So not only did Jim Oldacre knock the trunk down, so it's sloped. There's less trunk for him. to. The reason I think he slid off partially is that there was less trunk there. But as Jeff hits that car, it pulls his front end left. So as fast as he was able to get through those cars, the lead that he gave up trying to stay on them um, was enough for Kirk to come from behind. And as I said, the truck being lighter jeff was able to really smash that because they replaced the first car every run they would replace the first car in the lineup and he he when he they're all iron walling it they didn't put ramps on these cars so jeff really mats that first car down when kirk hits it less of it goes away it really stood the truck up but uh it it is as i'm going through now the cut you're right it does look like it does look like Kong really had the, the, the slightest advantage going to the finish line. His front tires are definitely down first.
0: Yeah, Kong's front yeah. tires are down first, and then right before the cut, it looks to me like his rear tires are coming down. Yeah. But you can see right through that mud pit, though, they are side by side with each other, and Blue Thunder does take just a little bit of an edge getting onto that first car, and then all of a sudden here comes Dane with maybe a little bit of the horsepower advantage. Just scoots right across the top of those cars, and probably a weight advantage as well, like you mentioned. Just scoots right across those cars, lands, and that's it. The interesting portion here, though, is the rerun that nobody saw. That is something that I think a lot of people would just kill to see, is this rerun. Because there is a a spot in the War of the Monster Trucks where you see Dabney pointing to a tow truck. And there are a lot of people out there that seem to think that he's pointing to that tow truck because it's costing him time. There are other people that kind of debate and say, well, you know what? They put that tow truck out there to slow Kirk down. I don't agree with that. But it's just another contention of debate on one race, which is really only, what, the second race in monster truck history that is probably one of the most debated in history?
1: Yeah, and it's... it's... It's very interesting too, and and something that came up later, and I think this week on uh, this week that we're doing this uh, on uh, social media was this discussion about this rerun, and that apparently this interview is from the rerun because Steve mentions that Jeff is a clear cut winner. Which yes, yes. Even the close call, even if he, you know, even with what we're watching now, was not a clear cut win. You know, it's it would have it would have been up for a debate. You know, it definitely would have been one that you wouldn't call clear cut back then if you weren't watching it on video or, or, you know, they're not using timing tapes, you know, they're, they're, they're going by that. uh, I'm guessing people on the ground, or maybe they were using that camera that was high up in the dome. I'm not sure exactly who was calling the the runs, but you know, that Steve does refer to this as a clear cut victory in the interview. So uh, that, that it's the idea that the interview is after the rerun actually makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, and I agree with you there. It does sound like that the interview itself was done directly after the rerun because he does mention, "Hey, clear-cut winner here, but when you watch the race itself, boy, I don't know how you can call that in 86 without instant replay."
1: And it's it's also Now this is too, there's a there's a bit of a misconception. Now this is the first national race. This is not the first time the monster trucks had raced in front of a crowd. Yes, yeah, that's why I'm saying national race. But to clarify and i I, I, that's why i wanted to point that out is is so everyone knows you know you're you're i I was happy that you were saying that because it it does get debated sometimes i see occasionally but yes this was the first really truly nationally sanctioned uh event with this was this was worth more than pride but uh, pride definitely on the line but you know um this was, you know, they brought in eight of the top trucks in the, in their minds at the time. So the, that was a lot was on the line. And that that this is that this had to be rerun set, like you said, second of, it was the second race of the night, according to the footage here. Yes, um, it, it is is pretty amazing that there were it, it's it's kind of neat that there were debated calls that early because that became something that we all got to see as as monster truck racing became the norm you'd see debated calls all the time is you know even even into the monster jam era of speed channel and stuff you'd see debated calls in in racing so it's uh it's kind of neat that it meant that much to them this early on uh beyond just their pride but that they they wanted a clear cut winner but to come back and rerun the trucks is actually pretty neat
0: oh yeah especially for the vehicles that they had back in the day as well these trucks weren't designed for this they were exhibition vehicles at this time, with the exception of maybe Bigfoot Four. I don't think really any of these trucks in this field were really designed for extensive
1: racing. No, and Bigfoot Four almost is—it's still—it's a harder exhibition, but there seemed to be some foresight to what it would be doing. You know, it was—it was—it was definitely a competition vehicle, um, and uh, really did meet the it met the it met the standards for this pretty quickly, and. Um, I, it's funny, I've spoken to Marty uh, Garza a couple times about this, but he said one of the reasons he built Overkill was to beat Bigfoot 4 mm-hmm. in its later years. So that truck irked a lot of, you know, it definitely was a thorn in people's sides. It's, because it's still the talk of a lot
0: of people these days, and I imagine it's still a thorn in a lot of people's sides. <laughs> right. But you're, you're mentioning competition, though, and there's a name that always pops into my head, Monster Truck Racing, as far as competition, and that's Everett Jasmer. This guy pushed for competition probably two, three years before this event was held. He, he wanted a point series, and eventually he'd get it. But he's got to get through Monster Vet at this race. And on paper, when you look at these two trucks, the clear-cut winner is the Pearl White truck from Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Monster Vet USA 1 are going to battle in round one here. We have two Chevrolet vehicles, two iconic Chevrolet vehicles. We've got a Chevy pickup, and we've got a Chevy Corvette. Jasmine is, shown on the outs- Jasmine is shown outside by the USA1 trailer. What's interview- What's weird is they interview him twice here. Uh, he's the owner and the driver for the evening. Jasmer talks about the creation of USA1. He talks about how the fabrication of the truck is custom built from scratch. Claude Akins then, just out of nowhere, asks, no offense to Claude, kind of a stupid question, states <laughs> that uh, it'd be really tough to change the tires on the freeway. <laughs> Jasmine replies, oh, yes, it would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jasper speaks about how some sponsors have started to come into the sport and aboard onto his truck. He mentioned specifically True Value, which would stay on that truck for quite some time. Uh, And then we go into Cliff starboard, the Monster Vet here. Lifts up the top and you can see the light show underneath, which was always cool to me to watch on TV when you'd see Monster Vet flip the vet top straight up. And then you see all of the, I believe it's the spark plug wires that are all just, you see all these electric electric show going through and how the motor works. It's it's a cool little, neat little thing for that particular truck.
1: Were you, um, I'm one of the, I don't know if I'm one of i am probably not, but I'm one of the people, I almost liked this truck better when he did not have the name on the side of it. it. I thought it actually looked nice. Well, with, it, to uh, me, it
0: didn't need a name on the side of it. It's Monster Vet. Right. Like, it's like an Escalade. Right. It's like an Escalade later in life. Yep, that's an Escalade. Like yep, this is a Monster Vet.
1: Right. It doesn't look bad with the name on the side of it. I just liked it. It, it The the kind of stock appearance without the name on it it had was really nice. Oh, I agree. And I, I like the – it's almost a
0: burgundy coat on it as well. It just it, – it's different. Normally, you would see uh, a bright red Corvette. Uh, the, the song Little Red Corvette comes to mind right there right black Corvette just a, a color like that this is a burgundy color which a lot of oh it's red no burgundy is different than red it's a darker red it's a shinier red it pops a little bit more as far as I'm concerned on television it looks really cool for the time
1: and this this was a show this was with his background it's amazing too this this and the that his other truck here have been restored and and well done well well done in in their restoration but uh this truck really is a showpiece. I mean, this is, for the time and now that it's been restored, this is one of the prettiest trucks that was, was around back then.
0: Oh, I agree. Still still is a beautiful truck to this yeah. day. I'm so happy that it got restored, as well as Frankenstein. They both look really cool. And honestly, Cliff Starbird's just a maniac behind the wheel, period. Right. <laughs> this guy, oh my lord, just watching him floor this truck is insane to think about because there wasn't much safety back in the day, but Cliff, he reminded me a lot of a guy that was just a daredevil.
1: Oh yeah. He used to wear a bike. I think he famously would wear a bicycle helmet in the, in the early, in the early, uh, racing days. Once they <laughs> mandated helmets, <laughs> he's, I'm pretty sure there's some TV coverage where he's wearing a bicycle helmet that doesn't and shock uh, me. actually getting a little hang time. I don't think he has a helmet on at all here. Um, but, uh, it's this is another truck too that ran past its prime and they 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 beefed these trucks up because he had three of these uh, and uh including once he built Wildstang. but this truck uh, even frankenstein when they they beefed it up this you know this truck especially the monster vet ran well you know ran into the 90s and um he he was actually really hard on it uh, and it's i've 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 i should put it out there i'll tease it but there is some video that i got from uh gary schramm of big red he does uh and yeah, for the time it's amazing i think it was 1990 he does a wheelie across the tops of the cars not intentionally it's just the way the truck ended up and he wanted to win it's a short wheelbase
0: uh, truck you'd almost expect that at some point out of it but uh anyway i didn't mean to take us off of this no oh, no as much sidebar as you want man <laughs> <laughs> Starbird explains that uh, this truck has a lot more bounce. He calls it hopping action. He says he has plenty of horsepower. It's just a matter of keeping it all on the cars. Jasmer's then shown again outside where he talks about the worst breakage that USA One has had to this point. And I'm sure he wished this was the only breakage this truck ever had in its lifetime. <laughs> there was a lot. Said he broke all four axles on the truck with just one touch of the throttle crushing cars. USA One on the outside pulling lane, which means he's going to cut to the inside. And that's going to be a, a little bit of a tricky here because when he he's obviously the favorite on the pulling course, he just blows starboard away on the pulling course. Starboard has trouble catching up with him. Jazmer's going over the hill and coming to the cars, as it almost looks like Monstervet spins out coming to the hill. And then we get There's... to the hill, and as soon as he gets to the or excuse me, as soon as we get to the cars, Jazmer gets off to the left, just like the two previous trucks before him, and evaporates that giant lead that he had.
1: Yeah, and again, I, I, I think it looks like it's in the same spot every time. Now, he starts to go left early, but it's it's right. That blue car looks like it's throwing him left, and then once they get to where that shorter car is, there's, like, no return. You just kind of have to kind of point right and hope for the best.
0: Yeah, you got to pray at that point. Jasmer doesn't back up, and honestly, I think he probably would have been a little smarter had he done that, backed up slightly Got it a little straighter, and then come off the cars, because at this point he's just going so slow, it's almost worth the extra time he might lose by reversing and getting straight, because then he comes off of those cars straight and goes to the mud pit straight. And he didn't do that here. He he's just slowly going over these cars, and by this point, starboard smells blood in the water, and Cliff is gone.
1: And that's that's interesting too, because I, I as I brought up, you had to wait differential that played in king kong's favor now you got this lightweight car here now that weight differential actually play would have played into everett's favor had he done i think what you said and then he probably could have gotten on the gas a little harder and that truck would take a beating it really it came for he, he had that beefed up as he went to try to keep beating bob every weekend in the oh, mud yeah. pit so you know he was on par with bob's early trucks for sure and, um, as you see it bounced down at the end, it can take a beating, but yeah, once cliff was on top of the cars, that light, that little lightweight vet could move. Um, it, again, I don't think the speed that, that you're quoted there, <laughs> I am with you. I don't think that speed's quite accurate, but, um, definitely that thing could move. You can, oh, it could, you can it could definitely
0: move. Uh, For 400 horsepower, it got over those cars like they were nothing. It got through the mud pit like it was nothing, and it got over the tops of those cars at the very end like it was nothing. It had a hard-charging Everett Jasmer coming on towards the end of that race, and still, we go from the first photo finish in national monster truck racing to the first upset in national monster truck racing, because on paper, like I said at the beginning of this discussion on this one, USA One is ahead in every category. Right. But as far as racing goes, anybody can win a race. This, this this to me is the original tale of the tortoise versus the hare in monster truck racing.
1: This is and it's a neat one too because you can see the development of two different types of vehicles here. When they bounce off the, the two cars at the end, you can actually see that disadvantage clearly in the way that Cliff's car hits the concrete oh, <laughs> and bounces. Yeah. and bounces and he bounces, he, and bounces he pretty hard. Yeah, Everett's is actually, you know, it's it's competition built. I mean, he did have it's show built, you know, but it has a competition edge to it for sure. And um, just in the in the way the two trucks hit the ground, the, the that disadvantage is shown as Monster Vet wins. That it that's definitely an upset.
0: Speaking of trucks that would like to pull off an upset, we've got Frankenstein here against the crowd favorite, heavy favorite going into this event. Bigfoot for, star of the event, Jim Kramer of course, behind the wheel. Bigfoot is shown on the screen next to Claude Aikens, and he says this is the one they've been waiting for, and he is correct. At this time, Bigfoot mania has swept the country. Bigfoot is unquestionably the most popular monster truck in the world, still continues to be one of the most popular trucks today as well. Uh, they are now going to show the inside lane pulling track has what is what Bigfoot has, and to me... Clear advantage for Bigfoot right here, not only because he's got the inside pulling lane, but because he'll have the outside track coming to the finish line, which is the track that has not the pristine set of cars, but it doesn't have a hole in the cars like you've been talking about on the inside lane. Right. Obviously, as they take off here, Frankenstein is just left in the dust compared to Bigfoot. Fort just drives straight through this track like it's nothing, marches over the hill, marches over the cars, marches across the finish line. Uh, where Frankenstein really slows down though is as soon as that truck hits the cars, that truck is so wide it's almost wider than the car stack itself. So when he hits the cars, the truck shoots to the left a little bit right tire wants to climb up, left does not. It's kind of off to the side a little bit here and it unfortunately Frankenstein's left in the dust and Bigfoot four is already going. like I said, he's off to have himself a sandwich as Frankenstein's still trying to finish the race.
1: It, Frankenstein's charge up the hill is is actually pretty impressive it shows a, a good bit of power but it it, it kind of looks like an, an infant crawling across the floor exactly the way he's going over the car so exactly the it front but, and rear axle do not want to meet
0: <laughs> no they did they did not that truck just it doesn't seem like it was even ready for the event I'm sorry to say they said they put a v8 in it I don't think they did they had uh, they said that Wentz was going to drive the event that didn't happen. It's clearly cliff starboard.
1: Yeah. And again, I've been told that the guy in the interview isn't even Barry. Uh, yeah, and, and the
0: guy in the interview is not even Barry Wentz. So the real question is from this event, who is Barry Wentz and what happened to him? Is he okay? Yeah. And,
1: and who is that guy? <laughs>
0: <laughs> who is that guy? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, uh, no, this is a, this one's really interesting. And I was think as you were saying this, I, I was thinking what a weird bit of television. This would have been, had that been another upset race. Because you had USA one and Bigfoot were the original two trucks to race on TV. Exactly. When they did the, that's incredible, and and they were favorites. Anybody who saw that, they were going to be your favorites going in, just because you knew they had that in them. Exactly. So you watch this now, and I just thought that would be such a weird, different world, <laughs> and Frankenstein somehow pulled off the upset over, over especially Bigfoot four. Exactly.
0: Another thing, though, is, is to think about what would have happened had it played out like it should have on paper with USA 1 and Bigfoot in the semifinals. Could you imagine that charge through the bracket for Bigfoot 4? And, yes, and you I'm, take on I'm, Frankenstein, but then you take on Everett Jasmer's USA 1, and in the final you've got Jeff Dane.
1: And it's it's interesting, too. I I've almost it, it seems to me that that was what they were trying to work toward there because you had two uh, starboard show trucks, basically, back-to-back with two guys who definitely should have been by, on paper in the semifinal round. Mm-hmm. Um, and USHRA over the years was known to put fodder trucks in the field, and that's nothing against Cliff's trucks. They're beautiful trucks, and they, they clearly held up to punishment. But as far as competition vehicles, um, it does look like they were hoping to have a Bigfoot USA 1 matchup there. Because, it, 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 again, you have Starbirds trucks were, were known kind of to not be the the quickest maybe over a course but they they would put on a show they were consistent yeah i think so you knew they would get to the end of the show but
0: they say that oh we've got eight of the top best the top monster trucks here however i think they've really picked about three of the top monster trucks and the rest are just really consistent trucks they know aren't going to break and going to create good television with
1: right because you go to the you go to the first race that one that one seems like kind of a toss-up um I know early on Brett was doing stuff uh, with uh, uh, Aaron and them with the what became the Thunder Nationals later he was going to be getting into that around this time mm-hmm. um, but that first race to me is kind of that's a toss-up race even be, because I, I would say Ice Monster would have been the favorite to win based on the setup but I don't really know I'm, I'm the, that's sort of a he was a hard runner. Jim was not light on that Rolling Thunder truck, though, either, because there's, you know, there's clips of him wheel standing it. So the, you had two guys there that I think were both capable of getting a victory there. But uh, yeah, the race between Kong and Blue Thunder there, you have definitely, I think, a favorite in Kong, but Blue Thunder is capable. Those last two races, I, I do think were the the and was that. It would go a very specific way, and it didn't go that way.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And, I mean, if you think about it, though, what would a race between Bigfoot and USA 1 had been like on this course? Because they are both going to be dead even down that pulling track. And it depends on how fast the sled guy is, really, as to who's going to unhook and who's going to get to the corner first. I mean, do you think they're going to plow into each other at the turn-in right there? It's a very good possibility. You might see just how uneven the track was had that matchup played out.
1: Yeah, and that, that's that's a that's definitely an interesting notion because you have two. Uh, you mentioned the sled guy there, and I was watching on Everett's run. His sled guy had an issue getting him to back up mm-hmm. uh, on his run. So you you know you hope there. What would have happened had had one of them been a little later off the sled? You would have had those are both trucks that could charge. I mean, those are both trucks that were capable of of getting on flat ground and going. So that would have still been a good race. Even if you had uh, an uneven sled uh, pull or or release from the sled, you would have had a very interesting turn into that first hill, and then the charge to the cars probably would have been insane.
0: Oh, I agree. Let's move on here, though. The final four, this is the first final four in national monster truck competition history. We get Ice Monster pulling the line against Awesome Kong 2. Then comes one of the, the weirdest segment and weirdest cuts I think I've ever seen period kong is announced to have been a hometown hero chasing down some thug that robbed a store whom recklessly fires a gun into the air you see jeff dane awesome kong he sped off into his monster truck just like any normal person would do nick i mean my goodness i mean (laughs) somebody robs my store of course i'm gonna go home and get one of my rc trucks and chase him down but anyway it leads (laughs) into a pretty cool stunt for back in the day yeah I mean, he chases this guy. He sh- it's, they show the guy shooting the gun out the window, and then and all he, of a sudden, he parked he
1: just... his car. He parked his car so perfectly. I know it was so
0: perfect, to... directly next to another car. It's like he was just—he didn't expect a monster truck to come down the street.
1: <laughs> I mean,
0: he almost got away with it too, if it hadn't been for that meddling car.
1: <laughs> yeah, he. I like. I like that he seals his own trap there. Um, very lucky individual <laughs> to have been oh, okay. to the left of. This truck. Exactly.
0: But it, for the time, though, a killer stunt, he drives oh, up yeah. over the, the the tailgates of the cars and jumps through this. I think it's a double-wide trailer that he goes through. And, I mean, it's expertly done. You see the, the, like, fireworks go off a little bit. The trailer falls apart. The guy comes out of the trailer. He throws the gun down on the ground. And by God, Jeff grabs him, and he's a hometown hero. And then all of a sudden, this whole thing is a dream. You see Jeff waking <laughs> up, and you're like, what? How do they know he's a hometown? Why? Now, none of it makes sense, but it left for a cool stunt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really the only reason that that is even in here, is just to see the truck go through the camper. <laughs> but Anyway, it's we uh, actually, when we actually get to it's this it's race, though, and you look down and you compare these two trucks on paper, it's another one that is... Kong is way ahead on paper here.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, he's running. He's running the bigger axles. He's, he's got the bigger outer corners. He's uh, he's running those big planetaries on it, and then Brett's still with the older five ton setup. Uh huh.
0: As they take off in the pulling lane here, though, obviously, like we just said, straight line pulling track all day. Awesome Kong is going to win this race against uh, Ice Monster. Kong is in the outside. Or excuse me. Ice monsters in the outside pulling lane. Kong is on the or no, no, I'm reading it wrong again. Ugh, I'm sorry. Cut. <laughs> Kong is on the outside, and we've got a uh, ice monster on the inside lane here. And that's all that's all going to change when they come to the cars. Uh, Kong will be on the outs or excuse me, Kong will be on the inside, and Brad will be on the outside coming towards the finish line here. Uh, what what's interesting that you see here is Kong just goes straight straight through the course, no problems whatsoever. Brett actually stops in front of the hill, backs up, gets straight, and then goes over the hill. And to me, that's where he loses this race. He's completely out of it at that point. It was a long shot. He was going to come back anyway. But at that point, when he stops, and as soon as he puts that truck in reverse, he's done. There's no coming back from that.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 strange, too, because he's not... I, I see that he's off to the left, but he's not completely out of it at that point. But um, I... I I don't know how far he thought he was over or maybe he's over further than the video made it look like, but
0: well, from the angle that you're looking at right there, it looks like he is like his right tire is on the edge of the lead up to that hill. Yeah. So I don't know how well he could have probably seen cause he's sitting in the driver's side. So he's obviously off to the left. He really probably can't see where that right front tire is at all. I don't, I don't blame him for backing up there and really taking care of his equipment. I mean, Hey, you you're in the semifinals of the first, ever national monster drug event here. That's a good day as far as I'm concerned. Right. You see, uh, a nice job
1: getting on the hill too.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Once he backed up and put, pulled forward here, he was perfectly fine going up and over the hill. Rest of the track was no problem for him at that point. The problem was, is he was already, he'd already lost the race at that point. You see, Jeff Dane is extremely happy. He does a 180, a quick 180-degree turn, which uh, I believe that might have been the first half donut in Monster Truck history, right there, or at least one of them. <laughs> and you really, you kind of see the power of the truck whenever it just whips straight around right there, too.
1: And and he also he did he did one of those in the grass too in that little segment. He had it flipped it around after he crushed the uh, uh, the mobile home there. That that again, like you said, you really do see how quick he can make the tires turn when he wants to it'll oh yeah
0: short wheel based trucks have always been known for those really quick corners but you can really see how quick that kong truck gets around a corner by just how how much he's on the throttle and how how the rear steer kicks in that truck it hooks so good that you're almost scared it's going to roll over it's that good
1: oh yeah and then something else in this one that's interesting. This is the first time you really see how thick that pit really is. Oh, yeah. Because he chews it up. I mean, he, he destroys the left lane there uh, at the I mean, he really just, just – he takes a lot more mud with him than anybody else did. Oh, yeah. He ruined that left side. <laughs> <laughs> which, which you know, may, maybe that was a strategy for the following round, but oh,
0: – I don't know. I don't know. If he did, he messed it up on himself because he's in the same lane. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, though, we uh, we skip ahead here and we actually get an interview with the president of the United States Hot Rod Association, Mr. Bob George. He talks about the early days and now how the United States Hot Rod Association has the big, bad, and blown monster trucks. Wonder where I've heard that phrase before. As well as he coins another term which has become famous in the diecast world: the kings of crunch. I have a few of these vehicles, I'm sure you do as well. Greenlight puts on, I mean, they've put out a heck of a toy line here for some of these old school trucks. They ain't paying me a dime for this uh, shill here, but by God, go out and get some of these Kings of Crunch trucks if you want to have some old school school goodness on display in your home. Final, semi-final race here, Monster Vet coming out to take on Bigfoot 4. Again, another one on paper where Bigfoot is far and above Ahead of Monster Vet, but it's another interesting what if scenario like we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Boy, what if Monster Vet goes to the final? Obviously, yeah. unfortunately, doesn't happen. Uh, we're shown a quick backstory of Bigfoot. We show that we see the plaque on the historical site for where the for- world's first monster truck was created in a small shop. The original Bigfoot shop is now shown here with the, the uh, sorry, just that was the original Bigfoot shop. They then show us the Hazelwood shop, which was there for a number of years. I actually have raced there RC wise. Uh, against Bob Chandler Jr., of all people. Um, Now they are in a a really cool town called Pacific, Missouri. They just recently pulled Bigfoot 10 out of the weeds, restored it, and it's sitting on the side of the interstate. Saw this a couple weekends ago. They did a heck of a job on this rebuild of Bigfoot number 10 just to have it as a display vehicle. Bigfoot loves to be close to St. Louis, obviously. Um, This is a cool little piece because it shows you not only where the first monster truck was made, but it shows you the current shop that they're in, and I honestly never really knew that the original Bigfoot shop had that much merchandise in it.
1: No, and I I went there in '94, and it wasn't—I don't remember it being that populated with merchandise. Yeah, and I went there in uh, the early 2000s, and
0: I don't remember—I mean, I was almost um, not necessarily bare, but boy, you could—you really had shoulder room. And this clip that they're showing here, you're almost you're walking with your arms beside you to probably get through a lot
1: of that. There was a, a lot of stuff there. I always wondered whose two uh, vehicles those were sitting up on the lifts when they came <laughs> through the shop. There, if, you own, if, then... if you <laughs> own
0: a Ranger, we'd like to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> we get a, another cool clip here of uh, Bigfoot four on 10 foot tall tires, crushing the monster trucks, the shells that they built, which is still really, I know they're shells. I know they're purposely built to crunch, but they're still really freaking cool to watch. Another truck drive up over the top of two monster trucks like that, uh, and then we cut into a clip, quick clip of uh, the Gravel Rama hill climb with Bigfoot Number One, where it was literally on one tire at one point. It's just hard to think about that a truck.
1: Long... <laughs> That'd have been a bad. Uh, That'd have been a, a long tumble back
0: down. It would have been a long tumble, and it would have been a, a really bad destruction of history right there too. Yeah. I don't know that that one would have been survivable
1: either with that truck. No, but it does. It really does show how hard the, the stories that that Bob was harder on the trucks than anyone else. I think is really displayed well in that clip.
0: Oh yeah, I mean that's exactly where you can see where he got the name Bigfoot from, because he's <laughs> standing on it to get up that hill in this race though it's really it's kind of no contest foot dominates the sled pull dominates the rest of the track does a half donut at the end to celebrate there's not really much that you can say from monster vet on this pass other than it was there
1: yeah it it definitely wasn't the the running end before i mean i it's again too the, the there was the little bit of it looked like a miscommunication on the sled for everett and i think that little bit that he gave up there also ended up hindering him when he had to deal with the crush cards later yeah because it, it was a about a five second little hiccup but it it was you know five seconds on a racetrack even at these speeds i mean it's it's there's one finish line and he, he didn't get there but yeah the the you know cliff's not done bad in this race but but uh, Bigfoot 4 definitely showed what it was at this point. And the pits uh, also are getting really dug out at this point, too. They're almost dry in the right lane, it looks like. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, at this point, too,
1: Bigfoot, with,
0: with having the advantage of having that far right lane coming to the finish line, that's a huge advantage for him. And plus, the, the biggest advantage, though, I still believe, is those cars. They have They've been mashed down, yes, but they don't have the hole in them. That the other side does.
1: No, and that's that's where the his his opponent will end up. Um, and and again, Jeff destroyed that mud pit on the other side. So oh yeah. Whether that was a disadvantage or not, um, he definitely is contending now with a lane that's very imperfect compared to the other.
0: Just your best guess. What uh, what horsepower do you think Bigfoot Four is pushing out right here?
1: In this, ah, I couldn't tell you.
0: If I had to guess, I'm gonna say close to 1,100.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm not. What was the what was the engine cubic engine at that time? Oh,
0: let me go back and look here at the top of the notes. Bigfoot four five forty
1: cubic inch Ford. Okay, so it was one of their bigger engines. The um that. Yeah it's definitely it's got to be pushing something because i i i i think i've heard that truck quoted at, at you know 700 but there's no way it's just flying at you know, when it hits the cars at times and it just it it leaps and it's a, it's a lot of weight oh yeah it's a lot of weight but the, the way the truck's built it soaks it all up Right, but I mean, it, it's that's for it to only. I've heard I think six or seven hundred quoted on that truck for that time, and it does. It doesn't seem like it could be that low to throw the truck into the air like that. It would have to have some significant.
0: There could be some strategy there as well from the Chandlers. You know, there was always some strategies in the Bigfoot camps. Of maybe trying right. to play a little mind game right there. The Danes have that quote of three thousand horsepower on Awesome right. Kong 2, which I don't. I don't believe it for a second. Sorry. Jeff, you can debate me. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 don't believe it. Uh, I just like, I don't believe Bigfoot's got 700 horsepower here.
1: No, no, no. There's just, it doesn't, it doesn't look like it does when it, when he hits the, when it, in this, uh, even in this race, he was actually running pretty hard. Almost this race almost looks like he was prepping for the finals. Exactly. Like he, it's he, like he almost he had was, a buy run here. Yeah. He's sort of picking. It's almost as he goes. Cause his first run was easy, but it, it's like, uh, He doesn't take it easy on any of his runs, but it seems like he's sort of prepping himself for the line he's going to have to take to make sure he's out front for the final. Because you know whoever makes it to the line against you in the final that they've figured the course out, at least on that other side, you're going to have to be on. Exactly. To to get to the finish line first, because it's still the course it is. It's not
0: an easy course. one thing I didn't touch on that I meant to earlier uh, in the original round one race with Bigfoot, you see Bigfoot kind of, as it goes through the mud pit, Kramer knows he's got a big lead here, so he just kind of eases off the cars, really saves the equipment. He kind of does the same thing here, even though it does look like, yes, he's got a by run, but he's really trying to, he's pushing himself a little harder, but you can kind of tell that he's also being a little conservative towards the end of the track as well.
1: Right. It seems like he's using the, uh, the, the, the longer section of crush cars. He's, he's a little harder on the hill each time, but it's like the, that section of crush cars seems like that's where he was starting to figure out where to pick up, uh, pick up time on this course. Because mm-hmm. yeah, once, once he deals with the mud pit, yeah, I noticed, uh, especially on the first run, you actually, I think they actually comment on it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you hear Jan Gabriel going,
0: and, uh, uh and Bigfoot wins. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And Cliff comes. I do have to say, Cliff comes across the finish line really hard. <laughs> oh yeah, he
0: come across hard. He wasn't going to hand it to Bigfoot, but even still, I mean, he comes across there flying as best but that he can. A, but it's at that point too little, too late. By that point, yeah, Kramer's and, already done half a donut and is on his way to go get another sandwich.
1: Yeah, but it's not. It, I, to, to Cliff's credit, it wasn't the blowout it could have been. It seemed like he it got good to him, and he he did actually try to win these races. Yeah, very true.
0: Uh, we go on now, though, This the final round is now set. Awesome Kong 2, Bigfoot 4. But before that, we get a little special treat. We go down to some monster trucks floating on water with Cindy Wilcox, who is shown in Winter Haven, Florida. She says there are going to be four trucks that are going to attempt a quarter-mile drag race over water. We're, uh, we're, we're shown some sights uh, before we actually get to the action here, including water ski- a Water Skiing Clown. David Spiker is interviewed, owner of the truck competing. All-American, of course, is the one that wins the wins this little exhibition on water. But, boy, when you watch that clip of All-American just diving into the water, that's sketchy.
1: <laughs> and he's on, I believe, he's on the uh, 73s, isn't he? Yeah,
0: he's he's on some big tires, and he's just diving it into the water. Another thing to point <laughs> out here, they said four trucks are going to do this. Only three are shown here.
1: Yeah, and I don't see a fourth on the bank or anything. Yeah, so there's there's
0: no other truck up on the bank or anything. Only three trucks dive into the water. Uh, little All-American falls way behind. Uh, I think it's, is it Eagle the other truck?
1: Uh, yeah, Yeah, Eagle. it's Eagle. Uh, Eagle starts moving kind of sideways, it seems. The current's getting to it a little yeah, bit. I, I, I don't really I, think that they I'm have wondering if quite he's the picking power. up. No, and I'm also wondering if he's picking up um, Mike's wake here a little bit. Because once Mike was in front of him, now he's, it's not a major wake, but he's contending with a little bit of chop from the other side.
0: Oh, yeah. And plus, if All-Americans on 73-inch tires here, that's thats quite a bit of a wake that the 66s are going to have to swim through. Right. Uh, one thing I do want to note here really quick, you actually gave me a little information on this. Um, the name of the truck was given to me by Colby Marshall, but they show a quick clip of a truck slowly rolling over in the water. And in the, the copy of this that I watched, I could not make out the name on the side of it. It's actually Cardiff Giant. Uh, and you have
1: a little more information on that than I do. Uh, yeah, this truck was purchased by Seth Dalton between when they built the first Skull Bandit, Jim Reese and Seth had the first Skull Bandit done, and they were starting at bookings for second trucks. They a second truck. And the, they bought this truck and turned it into the first Skull Crusher. Then built the more popular uh, green and gold Copenhagen Skull Crusher. That would be the second Skull Truck. So that, that was actually the third truck. This truck filled the gap while they were building that second matching truck to the Skull Bandit. But uh, they kept the colors very similar. They swapped uh, the bottom a- area from, I think, black to white. Mm-hmm. But the, Cop- or the Cardiff Giant became the first skull crusher seth says they scrapped it uh, at some point they ended up buying another truck from brian cardiff later that was the hawaiian punch it was already called that when they bought it
0: uh-huh.
1: um they wanted to get the sponsorship to keep the name on the truck because it was kind of a cool looking truck and they couldn't so it became the goodyear flying eagle but those were often mistaken for the same truck they're actually two different trucks but they were both owned by brian cardiff before seth uh, acquired them
0: Yeah, and I was a victim of that, thinking that they were the same truck as well, and you actually pointed that Uh, out to me after I'd sent you the notes for this show, and it's another thing that you've blown my mind on. I still can't get over the Awesome Kong 2, how it eventually became Skinny Kong and was competing in TNT. That still blows my mind to think that this original chassis made it that far.
1: Yeah, and again, depending on who you talk to, I've heard that people involved with it have heard debate it, but there's... The, the body of evidence surrounding it puts it there. And then there's also the continued life of Awesome Kong. A lot of people have said it became that that regular whip-body, fiberglass-bodied Kong in 91. Uh-huh. And they were actually two different trucks, but there are pictures of Skinny Kong being cut up in 90. And King Kong 3 has not yet been rolled. So <laughs> I got you. it was chopped up prior to. But yeah, it had a pretty... It, it wasn't a super long life, but it had a pretty storied life for how short a time it was around. It's it's pretty amazing how hard they ran that truck. And and like you said, looking at it here, you wouldn't think that that would be the same truck at all. It's just a totally different looking Oh, yeah, thing. it's a
0: completely different looking truck. The things that kind of give it away, though, are some of the photos that you see later where you, you can kind of see underneath the truck. And you're like, okay, that's the same as Awesome Kong That This looks almost exactly the same. It obviously is
1: lengthened a little bit yeah and then they they of course went to the 66s then they went back to the 73s uh, while it had the aluminum weird welded together body uh-huh. or bolted on body that they ran after Steve rolled it in a villa and then they made the what are they the swamp buggy version of it I think they called it and mm. then after that they were they had to put a body on it went to the skinny Kong What's neat about all of the iterations of that truck is, other than the short time it was yellow with the airplane engine still in it, and then it was the orange Awesome Kong, as I was commenting on how strange but cool-looking that truck is in the form it is in this video here, it's always kind of been one, uh, like that. Because when it was Skinny Kong, it was bizarre-looking, but in like the best possible way. It was, uh-huh. they, that truck's always been different, but uh, it is pretty amazing that that... That truck
0: became that other truck. It's it's still hard for me to think about. But anyway, though, final round. Awesome Kong 2, Bigfoot 4, Jeff Dane, Jim Kramer, two of the biggest pioneers in monster truck history. Jim on the driving side, of course, Jeff on the building side. But now he's in the first final of the driving portion of the monster trucks here. Two eager drivers ready to bring their heavy metal to the line for the national championship, states Jan Gabriel here. Uh, there's a quick highlight of some other vehicles, though, that we'll see touring around the nation around this time. We get Virginia Giant, the Outlaw 35, Lone Eagle, Intimidator, Heavy Metal. We get some mud bogging, some exhibition vehicles, then a couple of clips of Lone Ranger and Destroyer, and probably one of the more dangerous things you're ever going to see from the mid-80s, Taurus doing a bus crush. All
1: right.
0: And that's that's a whole another podcast right there on that. <laughs> Oh. Uh, we get the big run for the big money that's about to go down side by side on the pulling tracks. There might be a slight lead to King Kong here when they get unhooked though, or excuse me, awesome Kong.
1: Yeah, it, uh, it looks, let me jump, sorry, I'm jump forward here. Video. It's
0: a very slight chance that he's got a little bit of a lead, maybe a half a tire length on foot as they unhook.
1: Yeah, they did a really, uh, Looking at the slug guy, yeah, and he does. I was looking to see if there was any weight to make them leave at the same time, and no, their slug guys jump right in there. Like that was probably yeah, they got the best in there faster than looked. they
0: had any of the other guys at
1: all. And Jeff's running it pretty hard. Uh, I mean, that's as hard as he's gone into the cars, and um, he gave up so much getting in that lane. It's the best run he's had over that set of cars, by the way.
0: Yeah, it's the best run that he had, but he lost so much time to four here. The, pro- the problem was is they're side-by-side side off the sled. They're side-by-side side over the hill. They're side-by-side side until that first car. As soon as they hit that first car, the suspension of Bigfoot 4 gives away who's going to win this race. Because f- at that point, Bigfoot 4 soaks everything up. Kong's in a bit of a wheel stand and has to get onto the cars. Oh, like, his front tires are up. He almost does a pop and drop. He lands on the cars and sl- starts to go over them. Whereas 4 has flown over the first two cars at this point and is, kind of, is coming off the end of them as Kong is still in the center of them.
1: Yeah. And it's it's, it's neat to kind of see for here that, the the run he put down is akin to what the truck would be doing within a year, uh, on the T you know, once they updated the, the sheet metal mm-hmm. and, and all that, that he, he, that truck was just definitely, you know, it, it was definitely a truck of the future, at this point it's there's a reason it stayed around for so long yeah
0: at this point though it was already it was already the future it it bypassed kong on the cars and at that point there's no looking back bigfoot wins the first ever national monster truck racing event honestly to to me there was no question into who was going to win this event the second that they probably announced this lineup back in the day um this event happened before I was
1: born, but I could already tell Bigfoot was going to win. We'll put it that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's 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 a neat one. To, it, it's what's neat about that last run too is you watch coming down the hill uh, when the, after they crest that that little Matterhorn hill they have to go over is Jeff has the lead going in Foot catches him the wheelbase kind of helps too. the front end he, once he gets the front end over that hill he didn't wheel stand it the way jeff had to drive up the back of the hill crameridge kind of puts it over the hill yeah. jeff's bouncing a little bit as he comes down so he was losing time every step of the way once they got to the trucks actually going up to that hill that hill was the kind of the death knell for kong
0: yeah the hill
1: and i'm st- i still
0: stick on the fact that he hit the cars and wheel it and had to almost pop and drop to get on top of the cars where his foot could just fly
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. And I agree with that, too. Looking at it here, he he did have to back off, it looks like, to get the truck to settle onto the cars. It's
0: unfortunate that that happened that way, but the Bigfoot 4 was just so far advanced at this point that the, as soon as they got to the cars, it was over. If Kong had gotten the lead off the sled and gotten over the hill by maybe a, a little faster, a half a truck to three-quarters of a truck length faster than Bigfoot, then you're probably going to see a little bit more of a race out of this, and Foot having to come from behind to win it. But I still think Bigfoot wins.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It, I, I don't see performance-wise, Kong. It would, it would have to be almost um, Foot would have to have a bad run basically for. Yeah, Foot
0: would have had the hook would have had to have gotten stuck inside the. Inside the rear of the truck, for that
1: to happen. Yeah, yeah, or some. It would have to be like a driveline failure or something, uh, uh, for that to have been, you know, uh, gone the other way. I think. Um, yep, and I and I'm a Kong fan too, so. That's,
0: we um, get uh, we I'm get Jim Kramer. We get Jim Kramer after this on here, of course, talking about the victory. He says, We love the fans. Thank God they love us. We tried to give them what they came out here to see a good show every single time. That's the sportsman, too, of Jim Kramer right there. He was always really good on the microphone for Bigfoot. Just had that, he was a warm, warm hearted guy no matter when he was interviewed or anything, you could tell there were a couple times he was probably upset, like, uh, I don't know, Indianapolis uh, a few years after this.
1: <laughs> yeah, the next year, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the year after
0: this, where he's got no front-wheel drive and Endo's racing uh, Texas toy. But <laughs> You can definitely see the anger in Jim Cramer there, but he's still humble when he's talked to on the microphone about it. Always a class act, Jim Cramer. Uh, as soon as this event is over with, though, we actually get final time results thrown up here and i'm assuming this is the fastest run of every truck that was out there
1: which is pretty incredible <laughs> the time the yeah, differential exactly. is is it's it's impressive the differential is impressive between the top two but then from number two they're still close considering the speeds they ran at that time but then between those two it's uh, it's quite a drop
0: Oh yeah, we got Bigfoot clocking in with 33.9 to Awesome Kong's 38-second pass, which is a f- almost 4.1 seconds. It it almost it doesn't feel like it's a 4.1-second gap between those trucks, but there was apparently. Um, we got Monster Vet coming in next fastest with 45.5, Blue Thunder 52.3, USA One 57.5. I'm sure Everett Jasmer doesn't like that time. ice monster at a 65.2 second pass frankenstein 70.3 and then rolling thunder lagging behind at an 81.1 second pass uh we get the end credits here of the event shown with awesome kong 2 tilting the hood in the bedside um what'd you think man first ever national series monster truck event it's
1: this one was i think this was one of the first two tapes i had as a kid and this one's always stuck with me um uh it, this is one of those that i never grew out of because there's been tapes over the years i can still appreciate them but there's there's something that didn't this one always has captured my attention um uh, and uh I, I think they did a pretty good job with it. there's some there's a couple there's a couple edits i would have done a little differently a lot um,
0: differently yeah
1: <laughs> where with some of the finish lines i like the wide camera that they always cut away from at the finish i liked, especially on the closer runs it was kind of cool to see how they matched coming over the finish line and they always seem to cut to the two more close uh iso shots but uh Mm -hmm. um and then you know some of the little uh like the the king kong thing or the awesome kong dream sequence is a little interesting it's cool but uh it's a strange thing in the middle of this it, it, like I
0: said earlier, it leads to a really awesome stunt for a nineteen a mid nineteen eighties monster truck to do, but it really has absolutely no
1: place in this in this feature other than to be filler. Yeah, this is especially this um, because this was this was also a broadcast beyond being just a VHS. This this was a sports broadcast, and it's yes. got this little uh, uh, cinematic cutaway in
0: the middle of it. Like all of a sudden, we're in a James Bond movie where Bond's uh, Porsche is suddenly turned into a seventy-three-inch-tired monster truck,
1: right? And
0: Jeff Dane is and Jeff Dane suddenly somehow transfers into Sean Connery,
1: right? Yeah, this is a it's it's a, but no, it it was well done. I mean, it's Jan's uh, Jan's company put it out um, yeah. back in the day, and it's it's the the music. I like the the music was definitely uh, a a. The, the, the music is so iconic for it and it continued into the they used some of the same music um in in the third broadcast slash VhS that they did but the music in this one was particularly iconic um the the song that I believe is playing here I believe this song is called freeze frame that's playing here
0: that's good to know I, I was curious to see what the name of it was. Some things Shazam cannot find for you, and this is one of them. Um, the music is incredibly 80s to me, and it just yeah. brings it brings me back to the past, and I love it. Uh, to me, there's this theme, and then there's the original Tough Tracks theme that really it makes me think, oh, monster trucks. Mm-hmm. It kind of gets your adrenaline pumping just a little bit. I love the music of the broadcast. My initial impression of this show was that it was an absolutely huge event for its time frame, the popularity for these trucks was exploding, and judging by this capacity crowd that we had in attendance at the Superdome, I, I really can't fault them for that. However, uh, I think it could have been pulled off a little better. I think a little more thought could have been put into the track itself. I understand, yay, you know what, this is all of the exhibition events rolled into one. That is a neat idea on paper, but when it comes to sled pulling and you're putting your, uh, putting your, your, putting everything out of your driver's hands... Right. Is something that I, w- I really didn't enjoy. I would have much rather seen them almost start off back by those hay bales and just go over the front, first hill, over the cars, and over the mud pit to finish
1: than anything. And that's, that, it's neat too. You bring that up as uh, there, there's, there's a potential for a J course in here. Yeah. that There is. They actually would later do, um, where they would put the pulling and they did it in Houston for years. They put the pulling lanes on either side of the monster truck course and had them J race to the center. Um, granted that was an evolution of this course, but yeah, it's, it's almost disappointing that they, that the, the foresight for that may have been missing, but it's, it, yeah, I, I the, I've not ever been a big fan of because they did it in a couple other events. They did it, uh, uh, Pontiac as well. Uh, I've never been a big fan of the sled being part of the race. And part of that, too, is over the years you'd see trucks lose driveline parts on the sled Mm -hmm. and not get to the fun part of the course, which was going over the hills and cars. And and, I think
0: that's exactly why they picked the trucks that they did for this event. Like I had mentioned earlier, I think they wanted to pick good, consistent trucks that could make it down the track.
1: Right. And it's funny, too, the Engelmans in this because one of the you know, the 87 broadcast from, from Pontiac, he, he's on the sled with heartbeat and rips the rear end out from under the truck. Oh, yeah,
0: I remember that, too. Yeah. Um, I know I'm going to get a critique on this. Oh, you're taking the taking it away from the driver. Well, you know, NASCAR does that all the time with pit crews and pit stops. I understand that. Completely different sport. Monster truck is all driver, has always been all driver. Uh you don't see monster trucks pulling and stopping and changing all four tires before they go back out and race again. So I know I want to stomp that critique in the butt right there.
1: Uh, right. Right. And it's, and then that too is it's not, it's, it's understanding that it came from there, but yeah, if, it, if an honest critique of it now, um, yeah, it's, it's, I, it was never my favorite part of those early courses when they would have this. I, I liked seeing monster trucks hooked to sleds, but when it was part of the race, it, it did have a varied, it, it did at times drag the race down because you, like you said, you're waiting, like even in this broadcast you see or on this video, you see um, like Everett's guy, you saw how quick Jeff's guy was going in and, and literally laying on, on the thing with his knees on the ground uh-huh. or on the pan and unhooking the hook. And then Everett's guy trying to wave him back and not getting maybe a response. And I don't know if that was problem getting it into gear or Everett wasn't aware that he wasn't far enough back but yeah the sled definitely came into play in a way that took it like you say out of the actual competitor's hands and we saw we've seen jim kramer later i think in that same pontiac 87 jim kramer uh was disqualified from a race because he took off before his sled guy was clear of the truck
0: i vaguely remember that that that'd be something i'd have to go back and look up um as far as this event though scale of one to ten what do you think
1: Um, it's a a seven or eight. I'd say, I'll say an eight just because again, uh, that awesome Kong, there's not a ton of video of and seeing it compete at that level is really cool. Um, I, I, I like the choice of, uh, I know Jan really did a lot to put this together. I've always been a big fan of Jan and I love that they picked Steve Evans for their, their, uh the pit reporter. Cause I'm just Steve, Steve. He's, just, He's got the voice for it. He really does. I thought he was a little underused. I agree. Is why not higher? Cause, um, and it's not, I almost wish Steve had been in the booth with Jan. I, 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 uh, I, and nothing against Claude. I mean, Claude's Claude. I know why they did that back then. That kind of something they would do on television when they were presenting something new, they'd often get celebrity. There's old Supercross races where they put, uh, Bruce Jenner in the booth. So it's, it's you know uh, it's a different it's a different time but I do almost wish they had Steve in the booth but yeah I'll say an eight there's a lot in there I liked and it is cool seeing those trucks really compete at that level
0: I got to be a little harsher on it I got to go with six out of ten uh, to me there's just there's so many edits in here that could have been done differently the track itself could have been done a little differently there's no, nothing against the track it came off as good as it possibly could have came off period but I think that happens because USA one doesn't win. I think if yeah. USA one wins and it's a Big Foot four USA one matchup, then there's there's gonna be a, a, a real heated contest as to who's gonna go into their turn first. And I don't think You're Everett's right. gonna give, and I really don't think Jim Kramer's gonna give. Don't get yeah, me wrong, like, that'd be yeah. awesome to have seen. I just don't think it would have uh it would have it would have been the right look that we were looking for as far as the monster trucks go at the time. I say that as well. I love the awesome Kong through the trailer. I don't love that all of a sudden it's a dream. <laughs> if you're going to yeah, go through all the trouble of this, why is it a dream?
1: <laughs> yeah, it almost I, it almost could have been a standalone stunt without the theatrics. The way they showed the Bigfoot clips, um, it all, all, almost would have been cool just to show the truck doing it.
0: Exactly. I agree.
1: Um, and... You know, I, I was thinking this while you were saying um, the, the sled lanes at that time too, they often would do side-by-side like dragster tractors, mm-hmm. or they would put two of the helicopter engine tractors next to each other and let them blow flames while they went down the track or, or whatever their exhibition was at that time. They did a lot of that side-by-side pulling. And I think, unfortunately, I'll, I'll kind of agree with you, and it's why I kind of said 7-8. Like, there's a little bit of me that I almost hate that they put uh they they because this is the first national monster truck race that they put priority i know and i know it's because it was the whole show that was a good thing about the ushra but it almost stinks that they put priority into the pulling track at an event that was historically big for these monster trucks exactly uh you could definitely
0: tell i don't know if there was ever any video that got out there of any of the pulling events that happened at this event it was
1: only the monster trucks that had... there's a little there is a little bit out there um, they okay. did do some side-by-side pulling and i can't remember where i saw it. it's it's not secret it's in some vhs it's in like it, i think it's in Motorock or something but it's it's not from these broadcast cameras it's like okay. from the stand side okay but I, I will we'll go ahead and
0: we'll end on this uh i want to throw out and say kudos to every single one of the cameramen that stood in the center of the second part of this track that had to be the absolute scariest thing in the world to watch those trucks come and hit those cars and you're standing within six feet of those cars on either lane especially in the final when they're side by side coming to those cars that is I gotta give those guys get a 10 out of 10 for everything that they had to go through right there but uh, anyway with that thank you Nick for showing up anything you'd like to plug
1: um just uh back channel productions on youtube all one word and then back channel productions spaced on uh facebook and that thunder nationals project is not dead it's just on hiatus because we're regrouping to try to get everything done properly man
0: i can't wait to see that that'll be something that i have to probably have to cover on this uh podcast at some point and have you back on
1: i appreciate it i appreciate you having me on
0: Hey, no problem, man. With that, this is the Retro Monster Truck review. I really hope that you guys enjoyed it. There's plenty more coming. Nick kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. Second show, show number two, Moto Rock Madness. I've got some uh, unaired clips that I'm really looking forward to looking at and really critiquing as we get into that. But until then, everybody, remember keep the shiny side down. Da- excuse me, keep the rubber side down and keep the shiny side up. Y'all have a good one. Enjoy.